Welcome to CooperCast, another episode of Go Ask Al Listener Questions. This is your host, Al's soup spoon, John Sachs. We answer questions about how he starts writing songs, about the Metropole Lounge, and about Al's crazy shirts. Nilly the Dog concludes each segment with some brief pooch dog thoughts. This is something we've talked about before, <clears throat> but it's still interesting and it might come out differently. Al, could you please briefly describe your usual method of writing, concept, lyrics, melody changes? Understand you may get songs from uh, written different ways. So, um, what happens usually is I, I come up with a title. Right. That's the first thing. Yeah. And I sit down and think of how I'm going to use the title and what direction I'm going to go in. Yeah. Then I sit down at the piano, mm. usually, and uh, and start playing around till I find something that fits, and I'm making up words in my head. So you're synthesizing the music and the words simultaneously after the title, maybe. Well, I know the title. Yeah. But I have to get there lyrically. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. So the title could be... It's going to be in one of the lines of the song, maybe yeah. in the chorus, maybe not in the chorus. It could be the first line. Right. And so then you... you you work with the piano until you, it kind of starts to come together. Yeah. Mm. Or a guitar. One of the things I've noticed is that when you say a, a, a phrase of words, that each phrase of words has a somewhat of a suggested built-in rhythm. Yes, it has to. Right. Like if you say, call me Ishmael, first line of Moby Dick, call me Ishmael, it has a beat built right into it. Well, they all do. Right. So there's a tendency to listen to the beat that comes with the words, although I suppose sometimes you, you could work against that. Well, some people are very sophisticated rhythmically, mm -hmm. like Laura Nero. Mm -hmm. I am soft and silly, and my name is Lilliana Lou. Mm. That's genius mm -hmm. to me. I don't think she gets as much recognition today as she should. Well, whatever. Yeah, yeah, she was wonderful. But I mean, that was, that was, you know, I would never think of that. Yeah. Now he has... Uh, but then again, I'm not soft and silly. Yeah. Uh, this, by the way, this question is from Joe, who's asked us a lot of really good questions. Uh, he has a second part of that question, which is, when co-writing, does the sequence of events change? Well, it doesn't matter if you write by yourself or you write with somebody else. Every every experience is different. Okay. Every song different regardless of, yeah. Yeah. You don't yeah. know what's going to happen or, or, you know, how you start or like that. I suppose co-writing, you might bring a lyric to somebody. Somebody might bring no, a no, lyric no, to no, you. No, 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 no. Never we, like that? We have a title. We, oh, wait, okay, so you're going to start with the title. Everybody does. Everybody does. Okay, interesting. Let me ask you this. Would you sometimes change the title after the song gets written? Well, anything could happen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking that um, as the song takes form, the title might get altered, so you might change it. Yeah, I mean, anything can happen. Anything can happen, right. <laughs> Here's another question from Joe. 
And he says, Al. Enough already, Joe. But he's got good questions. Uh, back in the mid-60s, my band played the Metropole Lounge in New York City. At that time, it was a go-go joint. Uh, two bands alternated for the constant music. For breaks, we went upstairs to the room to hang, and there was an old unused bar and stage. I was told the upstairs lounge had been the home base for Gene Krupa and his combo. Do you know anything about the Metropole Lounge? Yeah, I used to go there when I was a kid. And what would you hear? Jazz. Okay. With Gene Krupa? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. All right. Was it uh, a big club, small club? It was kind of a big club, but it, it had a, 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 a gigantic front. On the street? So if, you, so if you're walking down the street, you would go, whoa, what's this? Okay. Right in the heart of uh, uh, Midtown Broadway. Did you go there when you were still underage? Did they have an underage thing like they yeah. did at Birdland? Yeah. So you could get in? Yeah. Special seating for the underage? Usually, yeah. Because they also serve booze. Well, yeah, you said that. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. The Metropole. We'd have to look up and see how long it lasted. My assumption is it's not there anymore. Well, I don't think any of them are, but, but uh, uh, I always wondered what's in the space where Birdland was. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Al, the two most noticeable things about you and your personal photo gallery on the site are how incredibly tall you are or were and your particular taste in clothing during the heart of your rock career. How tall did you get? Six one. Just six one. Okay, you look taller, and what was the thinking behind your wardrobe selection? Because you talked a lot about first trip with Dylan to the West Coast. You bought a lot of clothes, shirts. Well, they didn't have stores like that anywhere. Yeah. So I went, this is fabulous. Yeah. And I spent all my money on clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And did you stick with that same thing during most of your career, like clothes that were? I still stick with that. Yeah. Yeah. I see okay. something I like, I buy it. Yeah. Do you, can you describe in a no. word or phrase what turns you on clothing-wise? Well, it's flashy. Okay. Okay. I think I remember polka dot shirts, seeing you in polka dot shirts. Yeah, but you saw a lot of other people in polka dot shirts, too. Yeah. This has been CooperCast, another Go Ask Al episode brought to you by Polka Dot Shirts. Submit your questions for Al at alcooper.com on the CooperCast page.